Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host... I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome to a special edition of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. I am your host, the Duke. And let me tell you something. We have somebody who is legitimately one of our more requested guests I mean, literally, you listeners cannot get enough of her. She's been coming on this show since the very beginning. So I think we're, we're close to six years now where she's been a guest on this show off and on. And, and it's always just been tremendous, the response, because not only is she is she talented, not only is she beautiful, she's legitimately one of the smartest people that I know. And for that reason, I always love interacting with her having her on the show, picking her brain, reading her feed on social media, because there's just things that she gets that most of us do not get. So it's always interesting to see, hey, what's what, what's she paying attention to now? Or what what should I be reading next? What, what article should I be checking out? What, what Who should I be uh, looking into more? So this is going to be cool. Now, full disclosure, folks, we're going to be talking about some very serious things. And some people out there may take offense, and that's okay, but this is Duke Loves Wrestling, and you know that I will never shy away from going after the nitty-gritty, you know what I mean? Seeking out the truth, having people come on this show and express their views without me interfering with it or trying to influence it one way or another, that's no. We're going to give you the information and then you determine what you want to believe, what you care about, what you want to pursue, because this is America. And regardless of, of how we operate, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to speak to each other and share information and consider each other's uh, perspective as we continue to try to live a prosperous life as best as we can. Right. But we can't do that if all we're going to do is just listen to people that uh, agree with us or that try to confirm what we want to believe in life. No, 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 no. We got to get a mixed bag out here, folks. That's the sign of intelligence when you step outside of your bubble in the pursuit of the truth. So without further ado, welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, our friend, April Hunter. How are you, April? I'm well. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, my friend. I mean, my goodness, it's and we talk about this every time you come on the show, but it's been about it's been a little over 20 years now. Um, you and I have interacted off and on for most of that time. And it's just it's a blessing because you're, you're just you're legitimately one of the coolest people that I know in any industry. Um, but it's cool that you're connected to pro wrestling because that just makes it that much better. So appreciate your friendship for sure. Thank you. Since you've been on the show, you actually officially started your own podcast. And I know that we were talking about this the last time you were on that that was a possibility, but you did it. So why don't you let everybody listening know the name of your podcast and what the story is over there? I did. You inspired me. As a matter of fact, your, your intro with the free speech thing there really inspired me. Thanks for that. It's um, 
it's unusual that people are um, standing up for that and offering a balanced perspective on things. So thanks for being one of the good guys out there, as always. Um, so our podcast, it's called The A Show, and it's on Twitch, and it's also on Patreon under The A Show. And I have that with uh, Aaron Stevens, who was Damian Sandow in WWE, and he's in NWA as Aaron Stevens now. Um, and our tagline is, smart is the new sexy. So we talk about everything except for wrestling. So we're not your competition. <laughs> well, listen, let me tell you something. Competition just makes us all better. So I don't mind at all. But no, for sure. I mean, you you and, and Aaron, the things that you talk about, you folks cover the gamut. I mean, it takes me three separate podcasts to cover what you folks cover on one. So that just lets you know that <laughs> this is high capacity stuff, but it's really, really interesting. And it doesn't help that you have um, two people who are not only, you know, way up up there when it comes to high capacity thinking and understanding, but you also are great communicators, too. So it's it's even though you're talking about challenging concepts for a lot of people, you break it down into pieces that are digestible and easy to understand. And I really feel like people walk away with something when they check out what you folks put together. So kudos to, to the both of you for sure. Thank you. It's, it's been really fun. We wanted to do something where, uh, you know, with quarantine, you know, we were off, everybody was shut down. We wanted to do something where we could at, get on a regular schedule, get out there and actually do something where uh, we could use our brains for, <laughs> for a moment there. And we have been very, very fortunate to have some, we always say expect the unexpected types of guests. So we, um, we've had on dream analyst interpreters, uh, psychic mediums that work with the police in solving crimes, um, conspiracy theorists, debunkers, um, Billy Ray Valentine. We have had on just an array of interesting, colorful characters and fascinating conversations to go with that. So we've been, we've been quite fortunate and, and our fans have hung in there every single week. You know, we're live on Tuesday nights. So uh, it's, it's been pretty fun. You're a really just interesting person. And that's something that when I talk to other people, that's probably the biggest thing that they say about you, uh, at least the most consistently. She's just interesting because, <laughs> well, well, let's, let's talk about this for a second. I mean, you, you're, Weird. You're ex Strange. well. You're ex well. Yes, you, it's it, all of that. All of that. Because and and but let's go over the reasons why though. Right. So oh, number one, God. redhead. You you are exceptionally attractive. Like you're you're just you're a beautiful person. We know that. But you also, despite the fact that you're so beautiful, you actually are far more intelligent than you are beautiful. So it's like, what are we dealing with here? This is like some some. Are you are you from another planet, April? You can tell us here. You can you can be honest here. Are, are you sure that you're a human being? I I I am not sure I'm a human being. Thank you. I really don't feel like I fit in most of the time. I 100% feel like I'm from somewhere else a lot of the time. So I don't know. Maybe that would explain it. I mean, we got to get to the bottom of this. In fact, you know what? I'm, I'm going to ask you three questions. All right, this is going to be the 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 April Hunter human being test. We're gonna we're gonna uh -huh. get to the bottom of this once and for all here. All right, here we go. Here we go. Okay. So so question number one. You're stranded on a on an island, right? Mm -hmm. 
you can only listen to one song in the history of music, what song is it going to be and why? Oh, God, really? Just one song? One song. Your smalls? One song. <laughs> well, listen, killing me here, Smalls. She she uses a Sandlot. She listens. She uses a Sandlot reference there for anybody. So that's you know you're getting some human points for that too. Okay, just putting I, that out there. I I don't know. Let me think. I, you know, I'm gonna have to go with. I don't know. Maybe Leonard Skinner, Simple Man. I just like to sing it. It's fun. Mama told me. Now is it? When I is it about the story? Or is it about um, the is it about the actual music? What is it? What is it about that song that speaks to you? A little bit of both. And uh, we grew up military, so one of the places we were um, stationed for a long time, or um, a long time, meaning three years, um, was in Alabama. And you know, Alabama, you know, you pray to the altar of Leonard Skinner. So it was kind of a thing. So it reminds me of that place. That's really really interesting, and I, I know that a lot of people did not know that you spent time in Alabama when you were a kid. So that's, there we go. There's some, some April Hunter <laughs> trivia for all of you Jeopardy fans out there, just in case you never know that could come up someday. All right. So, so Leonard Skinner and simple man, that's one. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's stay on the Island for a second here. Okay. You can only eat one dish. Okay. Out of mm-hmm. all the food in the world, this, this one dish is all that you can eat. What's it going to be and why? Steak and garlic bread. Because <laughs> it's, it's steak and garlic bread. What do you, you can't get anything, uh, just steak and garlic bread. What more do you need? I could also default to bacon, eggs, and waffles. Okay. Well, well let's go, let's go for the steak for a second here. Now, are you a, are you a steak sauce uh, kind no, of person? No. Or are you, oh boy. No, no, no. Okay. No, you are you one of those? You put a nice rub on it and you let it sit at room temperature for about an hour, maybe 90 minutes. Then you put it in the cast iron skillet or you grill it. There's a certain way you do these things. Dude, but you don't you don't do any sauce, not even the, what is it, Worcestershire sauce, nothing like no. that? No, I used huh. to. I have. I'm not going to judge people too harshly. You do. <laughs> but, you know, you want your steak to taste like steak, right? All right. So, so you and I are at the barbecue. We're hanging out, you know, Aaron's grilling up for us here and he's telling this story because he always has a story to tell. So Aaron's telling his stories, what have you. And then he gets the steak. (laughs) (laughs) He's always got a story to tell. So he's telling his stories. Leonard Skinner's on the radio and what have you there. We get our steak. If I break out the A1 or the, the, the Heinz 57 or, you know, the Worcestershire sauce or what have you here. Am I getting judged? It honestly depends on how the steak is cooked. So if it's done correctly, like, you know, medium rare, rare, medium rare. Yeah, you're totally getting judged because you don't need a sauce for that. If they screw it up and it's like medium well or well, you're going to have to dump the sauce on there to make it edible. So go for it. You see that? Okay. You're getting a lot of human points here because I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone that's a steak eater. That would not say everything that you just said. So, okay. Okay. You, you know, you, she might be, she may be human here, folks. So let's go for one more here. This is, this is okay. it. This is the big one. This is the big one here. Okay. You can only watch one television series and it's a comedy. All right. So I'm really going to get specific here. Ted Lasso. Out of, 
What's that? Ted Lasso. Okay. So I've never seen this show, but that's that's the guy. I, I've never seen the show. I know it's it's still fairly new. It's only a couple of years old, right? Yeah. Okay. Why? What is it about Ted Lasso? Why do I need to watch? Why do I need to binge watch this this weekend? Okay. I will explain this to you. There are several reasons. First, the most um, obvious reason is because it's the best of British and American humor altogether. Second, uh, you're kind of in the, the in the athletic world, and if you're in the athletic world, you will appreciate the humor that is offered on this show because it is plentiful. Um, as a coach of a premier football league who has no idea what he's doing and has never done it before because he's coming from America, there is a lot of fodder for um, entertainment there. But most of all, the reason why this show is superior to a lot of other shows or equal to or superior to other shows, and this is me as a writer speaking here, this is what my degree is in journalism, writing, all of that. When you have a show or a movie, the entire thing is driven by character conflict. So what you want to do is create as much conflict as possible that these characters respond to and their responses drive the story forward. What's different with Ted Lasso is when there's conflict, he comes in and solves it, thus making peace and mediating everything. So it is a pretty feel-good, happy kind of thing. It's, a, it's unique. They haven't really done that before. Ted Lasso. So anyone listening right now, get you some Ted Lasso binge watch as soon as you can. April Hunter approved. You know, <laughs> April, you got to get either the creators or or the, the main character on your show. I mean, I think no, this I has to be it. a thing. It has to be a thing. The main characters are the creators or the writers. See, even better. Even better. We're, we're going to make this a thing, okay? April Hunter has to interview somebody from Ted Lasso because she loves that show so much. That's that's pretty fun. That's pretty fun. And I, and I like what you said there about American and British humor mixed together. Mm-hmm. Did you did you grow up on the old British comedies like uh, Are You Being Served and, and Faulty Towers and, and shows like that? Um, Monty Python, you know. Okay. Okay, so that's yeah, more of the slapstick then. stuff. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I do. I do watch a lot of British shows. I lived in England for a little while. Um, I worked in England a lot, and you know, so I mean, the dry type of humor is one that I appreciate. It's weird when I'm over there for a while, I pick it right back up, and then I come back here, and people don't understand me, and they think I'm serious. They're like, "Do you really mean that?" You know, because I'm like, "Oh, that person needs to be shaken like a baby." They're like, "Oh, oh." Oh, what's wrong with you? You're a horrible person. I'm like, I'm joking. Oh my god. Well, so. and you've you've said it on this show before. I mean, um, Paige's mom, uh, Sweet Sarai, yeah. she was she was your 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 veteran when you were uh, coming up in the wrestling industry, right? Yes, she was. So now, did you spend time with her over there, or or was most of your interactions with her here in the states? Uh, I was there. You were there, so there it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. So you were completely immersed in the culture over there. Um, which makes sense. And they're amazing food. Yeah. Oh, now that's now. Listen, England is not known for their food now. I don't know what you're talking about now, April Hunter. Hold that on a second. Humor. That would be my humor. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it to you this way: the English and the Irish are known for their drinking, right? So, yes. When yes. in Rome. <laughs> Ask for wine. Let's just say, let's just go there, okay? 
Listen, you know I wasn't going to just sit there and say, oh, yeah, sure, they're food. You know I couldn't go. I had to challenge that. <laughs> yeah. Come on. You got you to gotta go ethnic or go home when you're over there. It's got to yeah. be Chinese, Indian. Indian, you know. yeah, 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 for pass, sure. Pass and Jamaican. Yep, 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 yep. They, and that's the funny part. I mean, the they're, they're, that's it. That's it. If you if you get Caribbean food, whether it's Jamaican or, or you get mm-hmm. Indian food, you're okay. But that traditional like have you I just posted about this on Facebook. The traditional English breakfast completely baffles my mind because they literally have like three different types of meat and there's yeah. beans and there's it's just like that's it's, a that's okay. a dinner. <laughs> that's not a so breakfast. Good. It is so okay. good. Help it me so out good. here. It is it is the most brilliant breakfast pretty much ever, I think. Um it's you know greasy and terrible for you, but it is wonderful. I mean, fried tomatoes, or they say tomatoes. Fried tomatoes are freaking brilliant. So uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's good stuff. I mean, all that meat and eggs and toast points and yeah. That's a lot of protein to start your day. I mean, what do you do with yourself after all that protein to start you the day? You work. You work. <laughs> you <laughs> you wait up that and a big old cup of tea or coffee. You work, and then the rest of the day you don't need your protein. You're good. See, I'm, listen, April Hunter, she's giving us all the tips here, folks. She's giving us all. So, and this is the thing. This is the thing. And I think a lot of folks forget this about you. You're you're a human being. I mean, you're a regular person. You're not a fool. You're not somebody who's trying to uh, upset the masses and stir the, the pot or what have you. You're a regular person. I mean, listen to our conversation right now, just about pretty normal things, music, food, you know, sitcoms, whatever. Um mm-hmm. Why do you think some people, and I, and I think this is really more of a, a, a thing that's been happening more today than probably ever before. Why do you think some people give you a hard time online? What, what do you think that's about? Oh, where do I start with that? <clears throat> well, I'll preface this with saying that I am I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I don't have letters behind my name. Um, so whatever I say during this interview it's just information that people can go out there and look up further, uh, preferably not on Google. You know, choose a, a real search engine like Firefox and maybe put a, a privacy extension like DuckDuckGo on there. And you will see dramatically different results than you would if you Google some of the things that we'll talk about. <clears throat> so there's a saying that inconvenient facts um, become labeled misinformation right now. And I think a lot of people have been steered by fear. We are, we are running on fear. We are running on empty and we're running on fear. And fear pushes us into situations where we make some pretty bad decisions. We say some really bad things and we make incredibly regrettable um, choices at times. There's a saying that we, we, we make all decisions based on fear or love, you know, I love doing this. I'll choose this. I fear that I won't have enough money, so I'll take this career path. You know, there's your fork in the road right there. Right now, we're making a lot of decisions based on fear. And it's <clears throat> it's bad. And people want validation for the choices they've made. And when you give them an inconvenient fact or an inconvenient truth, they're taking it as a personal attack. And it's not that. It really isn't. Uh, some people, I don't know their drive for doing whatever they do. 
for me, I can tell you that right now, I'm on a basically a Carrie Matheson situation here. If you've watched Homeland, you know the, the, the reference where she goes a little bit berserk when she starts realizing that she's seeing things pretty far out. She has a hunch. She starts researching. She's digging. She's finding answers. And that's what's been happening with me. My brain has always had a weird ability to pick up patterns. Um, I am almost always right. Um, I mean, I could always be wrong, but I'm typically correct. And I can see things pretty far out. And what I'm seeing is alarming me. And I have a lot to lose by speaking out, a whole lot to lose. So I don't speak out to piss people off or scare them or be the bad guy. I speak out because I genuinely care about the well-being of people. And if it were me and things were coming up in the horizon, I would want to know because I would want to do what I could to be prepared for it. You know, I used the analogy earlier, you know, someone drives ahead of you to go to check out the Airbnb, right? They get there early and you text them. You're joining them like the next day. You say, how is it? And they say, it's okay, but the air conditioning's broken and um, there's no soap here. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. Well, I haven't left yet. So you pack a couple of fans and you throw in, you know, a couple bars of soap. And now you're prepared, right? It makes it maybe not great, but it makes it easier to be at that Airbnb. And that's kind of the thinking in a real simple level that I'm doing here. Whereas if I see something and I'm digging and I'm finding things, because that's what my degree is in, <clears throat> writing journalism, I'm an author. I mean, I know how to I know how to dig for things and find them. If I'm finding them and they're scaring me and I'm feeling like people need to be warned of this, then I'm going to say something even though I have a lot to lose by doing it. Even though people will wish me death and they have call me stupid, call me, you know, all kinds of names. I just feel I feel it's my duty. And with what's going on lately, I feel like if you sit back and don't say something and things happen the way they might be happening in the future, you're just as complicit in all of this. Let me let me peel back a layer for a second here. And I'm not going to peel back too much because I want to make sure that I protect sensitive information. But mm -hmm. I'm a person who I have access to a lot of information that most people don't have access to. Mm -hmm. And it's just the nature of how I've grown up. Um, people that I've, I've, I have relationships with and done work with and, and what have you on, you know, just stuff that we can't talk about. Mm -hmm. When the pandemic was starting to pop off all over the world there, I was receiving information about this and I was like, hey, this thing, this mm -hmm. is a thing that's happening. And, you know, eventually when people were trying to downplay it and what have you, I was getting completely the complete opposite information. Um, yep. What's interesting is that you and I were having a conversation about it might have been because you were coming on the show, but we were having a conversation about something completely different. And somehow, some way we stumbled onto talking about the pandemic. And you had reminded me that you as well are pretty well connected mm -hmm. and have some pretty good sources um, that you're very close to 
and who were providing you with some information that generally was identical to what I had been told, which was this is this is a problem and this is a problem that we don't have a handle on. Am I am I saying this accurate, April? So far, yeah. is, is that OK? Yeah, that's that's okay. the weird thing. This is where being a model and an entertainer uh, and what you do is really beneficial over a journalist or anyone in the news because we actually travel for a living and we have a lot of friends and a lot of people out there in various corners of the world who stay in touch with us and send us things like most, a lot of my information is not from being online. It's from what people tell me firsthand, what they are experiencing. Like, hang on a second. This is, let's keep this anonymous, but I'll give you an example. This came in a little while ago, but uh, it's one minute long and I'll cut it off before it gets too, too much. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, April. Um, it was pretty much the same. Um, I have a sister, she's a nurse, so she's off our medicine, and we've kind of been brought up like that. So, I, But at the end of the day, as I said, everybody have taken the vaccine, but your free will has been taken away, and especially in America, where, as you said, everything is profit. It's all medicine, it's all driven by profit, and we've stuff even happening here, you wouldn't believe, with doctors and GPs giving people prescriptions and stuff that is leading to cancer. But they're just heading it out because they're getting a cut of profits. So it's mad. It's fucking. It's mad. But anyway, so basically here, yeah. Um, um, basically here, um, they're they're forcing people to get the vaccine. And what they're doing is they're turning around and saying, if you don't have it, you can't go to a bar, you can't go to a nightclub, you can't go to restaurants, you can't basically live your life. But the girl, yeah, I'm working with at the moment. Um, she said her her uncle had. We just don't know if it's from that. But he was fine before he got the vaccine. So that's where I get my information from. And see, this is the thing. And and, and again, so my listener right now, they're going to say, oh, no, they're going through conspiracy stuff. Let, let me make a couple of things clear. You were able to hear it, right? It's, oh, yeah. No, I heard it loud yeah. and clear. Heard it loud and clear. Yeah, I, I get that um, kind of stuff all the time from everywhere because I was fortunate to work pretty much everywhere at some point. Sure, sure, sure. And for anyone listening, look. April talked about love and fear and how people oftentimes are guided by those two principles and are forced to make decisions based on those two principles. And I mean, you hit it right on the head. I mean, it was it was love for my family and fear about this this silent killer, for for lack of a better term. That was the reason why I allowed myself to be injected with the vaccine that we still don't know much about. In terms yeah. of what the long-term effects are going to be on people, so that was that was a choice that I made out of love and fear, and and you know I stand behind it, but I'm not foolish enough to not acknowledge the fact that it is possible that I could have prevented one issue and created a whole new issue, <laughs> and, and and I'm still waiting for that shoe to drop, and hopefully it never drops. But I'm not foolish enough to not acknowledge that that's a possibility. So when I hear that person who sent you that message say what they're saying, it's like, and that well, was a while ago, that message was from it, a while ago. <laughs> see, see, yeah. we make the decisions. We make the best decisions we can based on the information we have at the time. So I myself made an appointment to be vaccinated three times. My GP wouldn't let me go. I have autoimmune and she wouldn't sign the papers. She said, no, um, I was upset, you know, cause at that time, the information out there was such that 
you know, I was like, oh, am I going to die? Holy shit. You know, I mean, I mean, I knew I was very likely to have had COVID early and we found out later that COVID was here earlier than we thought, but we weren't getting all the information. Either we weren't being told or they were withholding it from us or the science wasn't there at the time. So people did get vaccinated and that seemed the best decision they could make at that, at, at that time for them and their family. Um, <clears throat> where my problem is, is we're not, we're, not, we're not being given all the information. And I believe that's deliberate. And I believe it's because it's not necessarily about the vaccination. I mean, have you ever seen a marketing campaign this hard? So much bullying, coercion, payoffs, all of that. Nothing's ever been like this. So I think things are deliberately being held from us. And now it's gotten to a point where everything is forced. I do believe the shoe is going to drop. The other shoe is going to drop. Not for everybody, but for a significant portion of the population. Yeah. Very likely to happen sooner than later. Are you a conspiracy theorist, April? You know, the word has got the, t- the term has gotten so convoluted these last couple of years. Up until these last few years, yeah, I would have said yes. Um, now I can't even use that because it's not even a, an acceptable term anymore because people bastardized it so badly. I would call myself a truth seeker like most people who are journalists or detectives are. You, you hear a line, you hear a story, and then you think to yourself, you're like, hmm, something about that, I'm not sure sounds, something about that doesn't sit well with me. I'm going to dig a little deeper. And you go looking for the truth. You just brought up something about your own personal health. You have an autoimmune disease. And we don't hear enough about, well, wow, you really hit the jackpot. I did, Uh, (laughs) We don't hear enough about people who have these conditions that make it essentially impossible for them to get vaccinated because, again, we don't know what that vaccine is going to do to you. So it's best that you just stay unvaccinated because of your condition. Yeah, they skipped a lot of the trials. Um, you know, one of the, one of the you're supposed to trial for about ten years to safely approve something uh, by the FDA, and that's on the Johns Johns Hopkins University uh, website. Anyone can look that up. I mean, even Google will share that information with you. You need ten years for safety and efficacy, and one of the things that they will test with as they go through the different stages is people that have various different issues, and then after that, they're going to go to dosages. So right now, where we are, and this is straight from a pharmacy person who is high up, whose main client is Moderna. This is not me making this up. Again, I know people everywhere. Right now, we are between stage two and three of the trials. They have skipped all of that stuff, and they're treating this as one size fits all. There's vaccination. If you're 102 pounds or 302 pounds, it is a one size fits all vaccination. Additionally, they are burying, <laughs> burying the trials. They are burying the answers that they're coming up with and starting over again because they're not getting anything they can publish. That's why there are date gaps in between what they're publishing. They're not getting the answers that they can publish. So they scrap it, bury it, throw it out. That's your trust the science right there. You're somebody, and, we, and again, we talked about this uh, last year. You, you were apprehensive about speaking out publicly about the stuff that you were learning and the concerns. Some of the, I mean, some of the stuff you could not say. Let's just be clear. Yeah. I mean, there were some things that you just cannot talk about for various reasons. Um, 
but something happened. And I don't know what it is. And I, I, I don't know if you can explain it, but I'd love to hear it if you can. But something happened, which has caused you to be a heck of a lot more vocal publicly about your concerns and some of the information that you're privy to and what people should be looking out for on their own. What happened? Why, why are you being more vocal today than you ever were previously uh, as it relates to this subject? Well, it's a combination of several things. Uh, a few of my friends died after being vaccinated. Um, the FDA fast-tracked proved something that should never have been fast-tracked approved. And that was just to push the mandates through. When the mandates go through, we're going to go to vaccine passports. Vaccine passports are what's standing in the way of changing the entire system of how we live. Um, and I'm seeing very dangerous situations. I'm seeing a lot of divide a lot of blaming of one side or the other when I don't think that is accurate. I don't think we're on one side or the other. I think we're all in this together. Everybody loves somebody who is either vaccinated or unvaccinated. To wish somebody harm or death so that you can quote unquote win or dehumanize them is just flat out, honestly, wrong. It's wrong on so many levels and it's sociopathic on every level. I even saw George Takai, if I'm saying his name right, saying that people who are unvaccinated don't deserve to be medically treated. They don't deserve to be, have a medical uh, admittance or have a bed that we should leave them to die, basically. It was what his tweet said. I was just like, wow, you should be ashamed of yourself using your fame and platform to say something so hateful. When you yourself speak about racism and internment camps and equal rights for gays and straights, how could you turn around and push this agenda like that. It was, it's stunning to me the hate and divide and legal discrimination that I'm seeing right now and how we now know with the science that people who are vaccinated are carrying the same viral load as those who are not. So you could be vaccinated and you're giving and getting the virus equally. You are just as dangerous as the unvaccinated person, if we want to use that word, which I don't want to use dangerous, because honestly, natural immune, if you've had COVID, you don't need a vaccination. You're immune and you're immune from every variant. And that's being suppressed as well. Why this is not being acknowledged is beyond me. Why the WHO changed the definition of herd immunity this year to vaccinated only, again, beyond me. So many things are happening that are screaming, flaming red flags that don't make any sense whatsoever. And everybody, it's happening right in front of our faces and nobody's saying anything about it. Herd immunity has had the same definition forever. We still have it. It's still the same. I don't even know where to start on with the problem. And you'll have to ask me questions and I'll answer them accordingly. Because <laughs> my mind is just all over the place right now. Well, and, sure. And, and that's, that's the, the frustration of it all, right? It is. And I'm trying not to be emotional about it and not to be personal about it because that is difficult, but why I'm speaking out is because I'm seeing something very dangerous happening and it's not slowing down. And it's alarming to me that we're turning on each other, that we're being censored, that things are being, people are being banned, like information is being banned. Doctors are being doctors, medical doctors with medical licenses that are still practicing. And it takes a lot uh, to earn a medical license and it's not that difficult to lose it. There are, a few key things you can do to lose your medical license, but they're all still practicing, yet they've been deplatformed 
and uh, discredited for everything that they're speaking out about. Yet they're still they're still doctors. So there's there is a mass agenda here. And that people these fact checkers too. Facebook fact checkers are corporate owned. They have stock in the they have stock in the virus companies. Reuters has been caught flat out lying over and over again. Snopes is six months behind on the science, which might as well they might as well be in like 1999. So the, you can't even rely on the fact checkers to be straight up. They've all been well, busted over and over again for being incorrect. We're, we're not we're not going to rely on Snopes, uh, period. Considering the <laughs> fact that one of the the people who created it has just been outed for plagiarizing and making up stuff and doing all kinds of crazy. I don't know if you're if you're aware of this, um, the the guy because it was a husband and wife who originally created Snopes. Mm-hmm. The 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 guy who was the husband, he was just outed as somebody who has been plagiarizing for years. I believe like, they're all going to be outed. Yeah, it's a matter of time. They're all going to be yeah. outed. So so we got a bigger issue here when the fact checkers can't be trusted because then it's like, okay, well, and, and I think, you know, April, I'm one of those people and you've been saying it yourself. I don't like telling people to just trust my word on it. I'm not a trust my word kind of guy. I'm a guy that says, Hey, I did the research. This is what I arrived at. Now you go do the research yourself don't trust my mm-hmm. word take my word and go verify it mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i think that the, the the problem is and i see it on your timeline all the time with people who want to line up to debate you on this stuff they are saying trust my word you're wrong trust my word but i notice very few of them are saying hey go do the research on this thing and verify my word you're yeah. saying that to them, but they certainly are not saying that to you. And I yeah, find that very me, interesting. They're, they're calling me an idiot. They're like, you're so stupid. Why don't you get educated? And I'm like, uh, okay. So what? So that's I'm speaking out because I am frustrated. I am seeing this country devolve into shambles. I mean, every country is right now, but this one in particular. We are being led by fear. We are full of misinformation. And the real information is being labeled as information because it's inconvenient to the agenda. So you can find real information, but it's on alternative uh, sites now, which people discredit immediately because they're like, oh, it's not, you know, it's not Fox or CNN or MSNBC or Reuters. And it's like, look, our media in America is bought and owned by just six corporations. That's it. Everything you read, see, hear, six corporations own that. They can fear and steer you in any way they want. The free media, the alternative press, unfortunately, seems to be your best shot at getting any real information. And even then, you're going to have to wade through it and kind of really kind of dig. Like, you know, most people don't have the time and energy to put hundreds of hours into something, or in my case, thousands of hours into something. Like those notes I gave you the other day, that was just from five days of notes. Like those pages and pages and pages and pages of notes. So most people aren't going to do that. But I, you know... I'm a little obsessive when it comes to fact checking and, uh, you know, verifying everything. Cause I mean, I don't want to, it's not that I don't want to be wrong in this particular case. I kind of do want to be wrong, but I don't want to lead anybody the wrong way. Is there anything that you can suggest? Cause I, I again, I want to break things down into pieces and want people to be able to digest what we're talking about here. Cause it's a lot when you 
are led to believe one thing and then you find out that that one thing is really not it, that there's a lot more that you should know in order to make informed decisions about your life. What are some suggestions that you have for people? What should they be looking for that they can find out on their own, that they can get educated on their own about making informed decisions as it relates to all this stuff? Well, I'll say a couple of things right now. And I'll, again, I'll preempt this with, uh, I'm not an expert, but I do speak to a lot of people who are. And I can maintain that I can always be wrong. Here's a rundown of a few things that I think people should know and what they can do. The NIH is responsible for doing the COVID testing that gets sent over to the FDA. Their information is what goes to the FDA to be approved. <sighs> for those not familiar, it's a national Institute of Health there. Okay, the NIH does the clin clinical trials for the FDA approvals. So the head of bioethics for the NIH is Christine Grady, which you might not know of her, but her married name is Mrs. Anthony Fauci. So that is who sends stuff to the FDA to be approved. So when you see that this has been a fast track approval, you wonder if the NIH and the FDA are in bed together. They are literally in bed together. So uh, that is one thing we should be aware of. The mandates, the countries, or our country in particular, are using employers to get around the Nuremberg Code. Um, so my friend just lost her job of seven years. She's been with the healthcare company for seven years. She works in an office by herself. And she works, um, she has also helped raise the family's kids. And because she refused to get the vaccine because she's uncomfortable with it, they fired her. And uh, that really surprised her. She's like, I, these, she's like, these assholes. She's like, I was so loyal to them. And they told her she was a liability. If you ask somebody, I feel that the, if you ask somebody when they tell you that this is safe, and they assure you it is safe. And you say, in the future, will there be cancer? Will there be strokes? Will there be heart failure? Will there be more heart attacks? They can't answer you because they don't know, because they have not done the studies. If it is so safe, why is there no accountability? Why is there no liability? Why are the vaccine companies scot-free? And so are the employment companies. Nobody is held liable for any of this, short-term or long-term. So if you take the vaccine and something goes wrong, you develop Parkinson's, you get cancer of the brain, you are uh, not able to have children, you have a heart attack uh, and become paralyzed, say. Because, you know, it's better to actually, <laughs> like in, in some people's cases, maybe better to die than it is to live with something lifelong that you have to be taken care of, especially if you don't have people to take care of you. So if something happens, no one's going to take care of you. There's nothing there for you. There's no safety net. That alone should make people not want to get it. That alone. The fact that some people are like, yeah, I'm okay with it. Like that's insane to me. The, the, the zero liability. So Harvard study just came out saying that, that everybody's questioning VAERS. So that's V-A-E-R-S. This is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. It's on the CDC. If you have any adverse events, any issues, you or a family member, you're supposed to report that. Harvard just came out saying that 
only about 1% of the issues are actually being reported. It's being vastly underreported. And the majority of the reports are being done by medical professionals. About 75% of them are filed by medical professionals. Most Americans don't know that this exists. It's called a yellow card system in England. They, each, each country has their own reporting system. So when you mention the VAR system to somebody about how the cases are going up and up and up every day, and it's frightening, they will turn around and tell you, well, those reports aren't verified. You don't know if it's true. It's probably bullshit. It's just a bunch of conspiracy theorists uh, reporting on there. Uh, you know what? If Harvard is saying that it's underreported, what's the real number? Because I've had, I've had quite a few friends have adverse effects. I've had people drop dead. And I've asked their family, have you reported the bears? They're like, what's that? They don't know. Heart attacks, sudden heart attacks, perfectly healthy people who have never had heart issues before, suddenly dying from heart attacks. That is a sign. So here's the problem. I don't know if a lot of people understand the difference between an mRNA and an adenovirus uh, vaccine. So really brief description. So when you have an adenovirus uh, vaccination, that is a true vaccination, they will take a little bit of a dead virus and inject you and your body will develop an immunity against that virus. They will, your body will recognize it and then you have an immune response to it. With an mRNA, that's not what happens. This is a messenger ribonucleic acid. So this is a live thing. It is like a genetic code that attaches to your DNA and becomes one with you. What is uh, suspected is that it also spreads from person to person through saliva and semen. So even if you have not had an mRNA vaccination, but you are um, cohabitating or romantic with somebody who has, chances are you may test positive for an mRNA vaccination as well. So this type of vaccination isn't actually a vaccination. That's why a lot of people call, refer to it as the jab or the shot. It gets into your system. And when a virus presents itself, it creates a spike protein that makes your cells slick. And the spike protein makes it so that the virus can't stick and grow to your cells, allegedly. That's how it works. The problem is it brings the virus in first and then allows it to not stick to the cells. So the virus has come into you. So that works fine for maybe a version of coronavirus, but it might not work well for every version of coronavirus. So now you have a spike protein in you and you have this, this, this mRNA wildly going around your body that was created originally for unhealthy people. It was created to fight disease notably cancer and now HIV, but you have healthy people taking mRNA. So what happens when you have something in there that is specifically military and that's its job without anything to kill? It creates problems. So when a spike protein hits platelets, it starts clotting and you can test. There's a D-dimer test where you can check to see if you're starting to clot or not. A lot of people don't know that either. That should be out there. But when next time you get blood work, you should see about getting a D-dimer test just to make sure you're safe and see if you need to go on any anticoagulants. So now we have a bunch of healthy people being lab rats 
and being tested on with an mRNA where this has never been used in this way. And it was the, the owner, the, 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 the creator of this, he himself has said, do not use this for this. This is, this is not meant to be used as a vaccine for this particular situation. It's not going to end well. This is what's scary. They know this. They know there are alternative medications that work. They, did, they have been using, using ivermectin for viruses for ages, and it's been working out. They use it for Zika virus. They won't allow it to be used here because we have a contract with Pfizer. So they will literally let somebody die in a hospital bed rather than give them something that will work because they'd rather save face than save lives because we're under contract. And somehow that just seems really unethical to me, extraordinarily so. April Hunter is encouraging you to do your research, folks. Do your research so at least you're making more informed decisions on all of this stuff. And, And this whole notion of we need to attack people who have a different opinion than us, who are sharing information that we may feel is, is, is not right. It's just strange to me, man. I mean, I, I understand that it's one thing to challenge somebody's position on anything. We all should be challenged. We all are going to be challenged. But when it devolves into cussing people out and wishing death on them, mm-hmm. doxing people, and all this other nonsense. I mean, that's that's when you know that there are just really some sick people out there who need to get a grip on reality and recognize the fact that there's a lot more out there that you just don't know. And the people that are tasked with giving us the information, at least that's what their job is, mm-hmm. they're going to tell us what they want us to know. Not what we need to know. What they want us to look, look at the new governor of uh, New York. Her, she she's minutes into the job, and then she points out the fact that there have been at least twelve thousand more COVID nineteen related deaths than what had been reported all this time by her predece- predecessor. What does that tell you? So the situation in New York was even worse <laughs> than what was being reported all this time. Yeah. And, what and yet here, is, here in Florida, we have fewer. They're over-reporting on us because they can't stand DeSantos so much. And we're such a tourist state that they'll, you know, if you got to bring your kids to Disney or somewhere else, you know, you're going to bring them where the Black Plague is, you know. So they over-report by, I think it's 10,000 every day. For, I, they, they came up with the real numbers was much, much lower than we actually were at. See? And it's, it's disappointing to see how the mid... The media is so manipulative, but most people can't see it. I mean, I almost freaking passed out when I saw that they approved the vaccine for pregnant women. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, are you shitting me right now? You can't have a glass of wine or a shellfish when you're pregnant, but you can have an emergency authorization use vaccine and that's perfectly healthy. Like what kind of lab rat situation are we doing at the moment? And people, people are like, oh yeah, sure. I'll jump right on that. Like, Really? It's, it's amazing to me. I honestly think, and this is going to sound completely batshit, but so much has in the last two years that, you know, what's something else crazy, right? So much has come true that we never thought would happen. I honestly think it's a, it's, a, it's a distinct possibility we could be witnessing a type of genocide right now, and we might not even realize it. Now, if you think about it, 
as extreme as that sounds, as crazy as that sounds, if you think about it, if you know your history, they marked the Jewish. They said that they were carrying disease. They were causing a plague. They were subhumanized. And everybody said things were okay. And they weren't. And that's how it started. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, April, if, if anyone listening right now, if they're interested in following your feed more because you, you are posting far more, you've posted more in the past six months than you probably have in the past five years. <laughs> and I mean, you were in school. I know you got the you got your, your April sensations. There's a lot of things that you have going on. You you friggin' own a farm. It's like, <laughs> you know, so it's not like it's not like you have all the time in the world, but you have yeah. readjusted kind of your schedule. Up. What's that? When they're, when they're, it was kind of funny when they're like, Ivermectin works. I'm like, huh? Yeah, a couple of bottles in the fridge right here. Yeah, right. <laughs> where, are my, where are my chickens? Yeah. Them. Imagine that. Imagine that. But you but you've you've dedicated some time to this because clearly this is an issue that is near and dear to your heart and that you care. I mean, that's the whole point. You want people to have information because you you legitimately care about society as a whole. What's the best way people can keep up with you and and really know what's going on from your perspective and, and then take it from there and do their own research? Oh, gosh. It depends on what they're looking at. Uh, so if they just want to see more of the simple stuff like cosplay and things like that, see what I look like, uh, you can e- easily go to uh, Real April Hunter on Instagram. If you want to wish me death, I'm on Twitter under April Hunter. Uh, if you want to read some of the things I've written, Patreon, April Hunter. You can listen to The A Show on Tuesday nights live on Twitch TV, The A Show at 730 Eastern. We're also on Patreon, The A-Show, with all our shows. You can scroll through there and find some stuff that's free as well. And uh, I'm also on AprilHunter.com. I know I'm forgetting a few things. Oh, yeah, Etsy, April's Sensations for Soy Candles and Soaps. Okay. You, you almost you almost had me worried there. Cause, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm really trying not to be emotional, but I am. I am. And I'm my, it's making my brain go. So... That's why my, you know, I feel like this was a a very herky-jerky interview, and I apologize for that. But I feel like there's so much going on, and trying to fit it all in and try to not be emotional about it is very difficult sometimes when it affects so many people and people that we all care about. Well, and and that's why I wanted you on the show, because I feel like other people were trying to control the narrative, and that just can't work. You know what I mean? You have people out there who are trying to paint a picture of you that's just not accurate because they disagree with you or because they feel threatened by the fact that you have taken the time to learn more about this stuff and the conclusions that you've drawn based on the research that you've done is completely counter to what they've been told and what they want to believe. So you must be crazy. You must be a conspiracy theorist. You must be somebody that can't be trusted. She doesn't know what she's talking about. But yet they, they're spending all this time on your page. If people go on a real search engine and look around and dig deep and just make their own opinions, find their own stuff. Maybe I don't know anything. It's very possible. You know, hopefully I'm wrong. Honestly, hopefully I am wrong. 
That's the best case scenario, you know? This that's is, and, not, and you know this what? This is not something I want to be right with, you know? It's not. But that's that's a sign of true intelligence. It's like, I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to <laughs> be right. <laughs> you know, please, please prove me wrong. Please. That would be wonderful. And I don't think people know how to handle that. I don't think people understand um, what that all means. But that's that's know. sincere emotion. That's legit, right? Yeah, and I apologize for being emotional. I try not to be. I really do. But if it's something that you care about, it's 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 hard sometimes. And I feel like I've been completely immersed in all of this. I do I do want to mention a couple of things, though. It's one thing to bring this to light and mention it. It's another to not have any kind of solution. So what do you do when you have a problem? You try to figure out a solution, right? And I think you have enough people out there, we can do that together. So should all this happen? And should it all come down that way? That's where we need to be. We need to stop panicking and stop having the fear and start figuring out what comes next and how do we fix it? So for right now, I think if you're whether you're for or against, you know, getting vaccinated, if you are against mandates, you should speak out and stand up. And and needing, having a voice now matters more than ever, because setting a precedent with mandates sets a precedent for a whole lot of bad stuff down the way. And I will give you a real brief example with that. Twenty something years ago, remember Scott and Lacey Peterson? I don't think we'll ever forget that case. Of course, of course. Okay. So for those who are not brushed up on their history, Lacey Peterson was murdered by her husband and she was pregnant. Um, the uh, prosecutors pushed for her fetus to be called the word personhood. They were warned back then this could come to bite us in the ass. And it did. In 2000, I believe it was 17. Uh, hang on. 1819. I think it was they did the abortion rollbacks to now whether you believe in abortion or not. This is how the law works. Everything in America works on a precedent. We are a country of laws, not morals. So that word personhood, where they were able to persecute uh, or prosecute Scott Peterson for two deaths instead of one because of personhood with the fetus, they used that to roll back abortions and make them illegal in a lot of states, even in the case of rape and incest and push it back to six weeks in more liberal states. And it was something that happened almost 20 years previous that did that. So if you are okay with mandates, you might need to rethink your values and priorities in life because it may not affect you now. You might be all pro-vax and everything, but in a few years, that may come back to hit you real hard or hit your kids real, real hard. So you need to think about what kind of precedent we are setting for the future with allowing people to tell us what we can and cannot do with our body on a fast-tracked vaccine that has barely been approved and has not been long-term tested and no one can tell us what is going to happen to us in the future with it. Not a single person can tell us what to expect in the future with these vaccinations. Not one. And if they tell you they can, they are lying to you and you need to turn around and walk away and find a real doctor. So there's that. So additionally, for people who are willing to stand up and they are getting unemployed for it, we need to possibly consider a type of network for them where we can support each other. 
So if people are going to be laid, laid off and, and fired for taking a stand, then building a proper network where we can all work together and support each other is probably a good idea. Not unlike the gays have done, not like, like minorities have done. Everybody get together and support each other. And third, if you're in science, medical health, or a savant about supplements or wellness, we need to think about what it might take to override an mRNA immune takeover to save people's lives. So SLE, lupus, is not a dissimilar response where the body turns on itself and the immune system ends up killing people or hurting them. Maybe that could be a pathway study for how to fix this in the future. There's also something called ceramin from pine that, that could possibly be studied as well. And lastly, we need to raise our own immune systems and give credit to our natural immunity. So it's not a matter of probably if you're going to get coronavirus or COVID, it's a matter of when. So rather than succumbing to the fear and thinking you're going to end up dead or on a ventilator, which 99% of the people do not, raise your own immune system. Raise it as high as possible. High doses of vitamin D, vitamin C, colloidal silver, glutathione, quinine. Get enough sleep. Manage your stress. Get some exercise. When you come into contact with it, it won't stick because you're healthy. Get healthy. Very few governments, very few places have used this opportunity to tell people how to actually get healthy. There's a prime example, there's a prime opportunity to do that. No one did. I think actually China did. I, oddly enough, China did. We didn't. So just know that knowledge is power and know that fear makes people do stupid, dangerous, horrible things and try and be aware of that. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.